Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, give us a five-star review, subscribe, whatever you can do to support us. We'd appreciate it all. And as always, we talk judging and MMA, so you should head over to abcboxing.com to read the criteria. Dan, as I sit here before you, I feel like there's just a, a different level of um, fame in the room because now you have joined the Finally. Uh, the very uh, illustrious yes. Tweets on the Broadcast <laughs> Club. I didn't make the main card. I only made the prelims. But well, you know what? Everyone starts start somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I started on the prelims too. Um, it seemed like I was better off before my tweets got up there because a bunch of annoying people tweeted at me. Instantly, I got a clown emoji sent my way, <laughs> and it wasn't even a I bad think, score. I think they just wait for you to go up there. They just they just hate on the fact that you get up there. They're Might, like, clown. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a script that they have auto auto. auto no, there's no to. way they could possibly know that though. It, it takes it's, it takes a manual response to of saying, "Oh, there's something on the broadcast." Now I'm going to type this guy up, it's so and I'm going to call him a clown. So fast though. Yeah, well, you know, a bunch of people out there are very weird about social media. But it, this is a social media is the strangest place. I'm sure some of our listeners are not on social media. Good for you. I'm jealous of you. I want to be like you, but I work in media and it's kind of necessary. So it, we are where we are. Um, Dan, more importantly than you finally getting your name up on the broadcast uh, with your holy cannolis and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all your other food related I missed, I missed, raises. I missed an opportunity. I thought of it after. I holy cannolied, um, <laughs> I holy cannolied, uh, Molly McCann. I was like, oh, that's a, that's definitely should have been a holy macaroni. Holy macaroni. Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah, missed that one. Yeah, ball was dropped there. I thought, I, I thought I would get on there, actually. I wasn't trying to do it, but after I said it, I was like, yeah, I wonder if this would get up. I was at something about, it was one spicy, uh, meatball KO. Yeah, that was that was I, that was a sick KO. I I thought I thought my tweet was fantastic. Yeah, that was and, good, and just not enough people responded to it. It made me it you know it made me like ever so slightly sad, and then it made me even more sad that I cared. <laughs> that was the worst part of it. Was like God, I actually cared about that. F yeah. social media is the worst. I can't wait until I can fall off the map one day. If I win the lottery, you'll never hear from me again. And this will become a solo show. It it probably will, but I'll fund you. All right, that that works. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't cost much. I'll just I'll just pay for the, yeah, the pod bean. Perfect. Yeah, that works. Uh, more importantly, though, to really get into this, we're going to be talking about UFC London here, which was fantastic, sir. It was. I'm still pretty pretty hyped about it. I have come down a lot because I've been working for the last several hours, but it was terrific. So many awesome finishes, good buzz from the crowd. I think even came across on TV. N- not quite. Bellator Ireland levels the first uh the first time they were there like in the fall last year because that was that was something else but but this this was good too they they were having a good time I was having a great time I came into this card happy because it started at one o'clock in the afternoon yeah that that helped and then just finish after finish I I actually I I this was a weird Saturday in which I kind of had way too much to do that I couldn't even possibly really watch the fights that much before uh before I started even my work shift because I was helping my son build his Pinewood Derby car. Any Cub Scouts out there, former Cub Scouts, uh, that's what we're up to. When's in the, the next race? Weeks. It's next Sunday. All right, you got, got a couple, got some time. Got a little time. We, we got we got uh, most of the weights in the car. Okay. Drilled, drilled some holes today, me and the boy. I feel heavy back. Mostly heavy back, good. yeah. I, my understanding is that you want to do it to the center mass is like an inch in front of the rear axle hmm. and we're kind of close to that we're going to put in some more weights in the front that that should probably get us there so i want to say in my wood shop class in like fifth or sixth grade we added a piece of like gunpowder or something to the back to light on fire to start it <laughs> like, that's what i want to say what we did in in school I'm, I'm, I'm sure things have changed since well i will tell you that that's probably not legal for the cub scouts that sounds like cheating, yes. It sounds a little bit like cheating. There's some things you can do, and there's some things you definitely can't do. Like, mm. one thing we've done is we 
polish the uh, the axles a little bit because they have these little burrs in them that kind of mm-hmm. make it. I know we're getting off topic again. We're eventually, I promise, we're actually going to talk about fights. But uh, there's like they have these little burrs that I don't know why they're there. They kind of can slow it down to, and you know add friction, so we just kind of mm-hmm. rub those out. All right. And uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, little things like that are are not cheating. We're not trying to cheat. We're just trying to win. We're just we're just trying to put ourselves in good position to make a nice car, and I'm trying to involve the boy in as as many facets as possible. Um, not sawing. I, I could see a couple dads there, like being real competitive because they're the ones that built the thing, for the most part, yelling at each other. You know, I wonder if I don't. I bet you there won't be at least among our like little age group because it's it's a bunch of first graders. You know, my kid's six. Um, so first off, he had no, he was not using the saw, but I was letting him hold with me the power drill as we drilled the holes. Mm-hmm. So like that was kind of, that's the best I can do. I can't be like, here, son, here's a power drill. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and then I find out that my kid has more holes in him than he used to. And I wouldn't like that. <laughs> so yeah, we, we did this as, bu- as best as we could together. We're still doing as best we can together. We're gonna, we'll do the painting during the week. Put a couple layers on. He wants it to look like a chocolate bar, so we got a, a like a a can of kind of chocolate colored spray paint. Okay. And then uh, he wants to draw some black lines on it. So nice. It'll look like a, like a Hershey bar, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah I yeah. like so it. it. It it's very exciting. He's gonna have a lot of fun. I don't care if it wins or loses. If he's happy, he's happy. And he I even gave him the choice. I said you can do. If you can only do one of these two, do you want to win or do you want it to look good? And he said both. And I said, well, you can only pick one. <laughs> and he said, I want it to look good. So I said, okay, we'll focus on right. that. So that's okay. All right. Uh, we'll, we're we're going to be very happy. But all right, enough Cub Scouts and none, none of all this other stuff. Fighting, my friend. We got to watch all these amazing fights. I mean, top to bottom. It was a great card. It started off with 58 seconds of a, of a finish of uh, the the unfortunate loser of this fight was Cody Durden, a former guest of our show. Uh, but that was that was what a way to kick it off. And then it ended with Tom Aspinall at the end looking fantastic. Yeah, Makayev kind of got buried behind all these. Oh, yeah. Everybody forgot about Makayev. Yeah. <laughs> but I, he'll have plenty of chances. What, mm-hmm. what is he? He's like 20 or 21. 21. Thank you. And um, in the flyweight division, he does have that chance to become the youngest UFC champ. I, so. I've seen people talking about that. Yeah, yeah. so we'll see. Let's let's not put the cart before the horse, man. Let's let him get a few wins under his belt first. I think he's the one that's saying that. I know, I know, <laughs> but you know what? Still up to him to put the results up. So that means he's got to fight. So that means he's my kind of fighter. He could say, "Hey, that's fine." He's got to get the fights in, though, right? Um, yeah. It, again, this was probably the best card of the year. Would you say? Oh, so best far. card of the year by far so far. Yeah. It's, it's going to take a lot to cover to catch this one. I think there. last week's was very strong, except the fact that it ended kind of softly. Mm. That was that was the main issue with last week, I think. It, it, but it really, it even aside of that, it doesn't really stack up. Um, there just wasn't that like five round or even three round banger of a fight that you kind of really want in a card. And I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm not trying to to diss this card but i'm saying a fight card could come along with a bunch of finishes and have like a like a fight of the year contender on it and potentially surpass it yeah i mean i mean sure and valiev was kind of a banger yes yes but it was kind of you know it it got very lopsided at the end too and dan hooker and arnold allen was quite a banger well, for that was about nuts. four minutes yeah that was or was it less than that it probably? was way yeah. less than yeah. that i want to what was it like Probably was it like two twenty? Yeah, something like uh, that. I'm gonna look it up, but yeah, <laughs> I want to say it was like two twenty. But yeah, that one that was a phenomenal first round. That might even be a better first round than Terrence McKinney and Drew Dober last week. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, we're we're kind of spoiled in having those two back to back. But yeah, I don't know. That, that's gonna be tough when we're talking about round of the year. We're gonna have to really remember those fights, right? Yeah. No, you know what? I actually have started now with my rankings. I haven't looked at it in a while, but mm-hmm. every every card that one has a potential to get bumped into that list gets mentioned, so then I can rank as we go. Ooh, you know what? I might have to uh, keep that handy, because I... when we come up with awards for uh, MMA Journalists Association, I'm on the awards committee, and sometimes it's helpful to have that kind of thing. So yeah, I feel... if you got any recommendations, you, you keep, keep a long list, yeah, if, you, I, if you don't mind. I feel that's the easiest way than remembering everything in December. It is. It... 
it definitely made it a lot harder to have to go back and research it <laughs> but yeah. last year. It wasn't the only one, but it I I put a bunch of names on that list and I think I I think I helped at least contributed to our little our little task there, but other than this being a fantastic card and by the way it was 2 minutes and 33 seconds. So it was okay. just over half a round. All right. Um but a phenomenal 2 minutes and 33 seconds. Mm-hmm. The big thing that I think we come away with here is, is of course, the heavyweight fight because now we have Tom Aspinall coming off of a, a really impressive performance uh, in a victory over Alexander Volkov, who, you know, while not necessarily ever getting over that hump into title contention yet, he's still like upper crust of heavyweight. And if you beat him, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, you, I think I mean, you might be in the in the title contention now. Would you agree? Um, I think so. I do like the fight that he's calling for to Ivas. I don't know if I'd put an interim belt on that one. I think if they do an interim belt, it's going to be Stipe and Jones. Uh, but I do like uh, him getting a top three opponent. So That would be interesting um, if he was put in. And I don't want that, uh, an interim title fight for him yet. And it's not that I don't like Tom Aspinall at all. I, I think he's a phenomenal talent. And I think it's it's entirely viable that he could go into a title fight in within the next, let's say, 12 to 18 months or something like that, and even win it. Like, I wouldn't rule that out for him, but I think there are more deserving options if they have to go the interim title route than Tom Aspinall. Right, that's right, right I now. Agree, yeah. So that's why, you know what, when he did say to Ivasa, I think that actually made a lot of sense. Well, he says he's not ready for, for Nganu. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and God is not ready for anybody right now. He just had knee surgery. But, but so. that's what I'm saying. I think I think it would suit Tom Aspinall very well to try to position position himself as the interim champ to be Ngannou's first fight back off surgery. Assuming that contractual, um... and, assuming he does fight again <laughs> in the UFC. Yeah. So let's, let's also add that to the mix, which mm-hmm. is why heavyweight is such a complicated. Every time we talk about it, it's like. There's a bunch of caveats and and things that you got to talk about that are just like, well, this is hanging there too, so who knows what's going to happen. There's like five or six heavyweights, I feel like, now that it's like, well, all of them are really interesting, and it'd be great if they'd all fight, but, you know, Jones isn't fighting, and Ganu can't fight. We haven't seen Stipe uh, in in more than a year now, or just about a year now. Um, And those are, I I think, when you're just talking about straight-up talent and accomplishment, you know, wherever they were, whatever division they were in, those are the top three. I think so. So, all the top three names have kind of been off the board or are off the board for a little while. Throw them off the board. No, don't throw them <laughs> off the board. That's not nice. Um, but yes, I I don't really know what's gonna happen. It's it, it's uh, you know I almost feel like we have to talk about it because it's like you know it, Dana's even talking about the inevitable you know interim title fight pretty much happening and you know at least you get it the, the champs having surgery and he's gonna be out a little longer it wasn't like last summer when they had to do the, the that was a weird fight. one that was yeah. that was strictly uh you know let's just kind of be jerks and mm-hmm. and uh you know he wouldn't fight in in the timeline we wanted so let's put a title fight here now yeah that's so that was that was obnoxious but uh what about volkov though i mean is he ever going to get over the hump and like really get into the title contender status, or is is he just stuck here as no. like kind of like a high level gatekeeper, yeah, so to speak? Gatekeeper for life. That is unfortunate. I mean, unless I he think... goes back to Bellator, he can win the belt there. So <laughs> it's very mean. Um, I mean, it's true though. He did win the belt there. No, he didn't win the belt there. Alexander Volkov used he won to be the, the Bellator champion. He won though. the season. The Are light, you sure about that? Season. No, no, no. Heavyweight. I was, that's I mean, yeah, the heavyweight season. I think it was season ten. He won. I don't know if he get a belt for that, but he didn't fight after in in Bellator after that until he came back to it. And I don't think any of those were title fights. Uh, okay, yes, yeah. so he, he won, won the M one belt. He was he won that finally. You're right, that is true. Actually, no, never mind. He won that after he he won the vacant Bellator heavyweight world title that in might be 2012, it. almost ten years ago. So a long time before I even bothered looking through it. There you go. So <laughs> I went to relevant. Closer fight. He beat Brett Rogers along the way. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. And then he lost to Vitaly Minikov. Minikov was really good for a long time. Boy, he was with Bellator for a long time. Anyway, we're getting off sidetracked here. Yeah, I, it is unfortunate because I, I think he actually has some good talent, but it's just every time he gets... The closest I feel like he ever got was that, that Derek Lewis fight where he was going to win. He was going <laughs> to beat Derek Lewis, and then he just didn't beat Derek Lewis. That was it. Yeah. He got oh, cracked. Man. Would he have even taken that fight the next month against uh, DC? Because that was that was uh, what happened yeah, after right. after uh, Derek Lewis won that it was it was a month later in uh, New York City you were there right I was there because I was that. covering yeah. that and I think you and I met up before I think wasn't DC a late wasn't that a a, a card saving bout 
something to that effect. I feel like I'm remembering something like that, but yeah. I, it, it's been a while. And DC threw his back out sneezing that morning. Oh, you know, we've all done that. <laughs> He's an old man. Listen, DC, I watched him today on on the national championship. Today being uh, Saturday on the uh, the wrestling NCAA championships. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic commentator. You know, I, I turned it on just for Gable Stevenson. Mm. And because uh, I was watching the other NCAA tournament, the one that no one's talking about, the, the one with the basketball and everything. Oh, yeah. The, the, they dribble the ball. Yeah, yeah, they dribble that one. I'm in first place in my pools, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, picture me rolling. It's, that's where I'm at. Uh, but, yeah, so I turned it on for, for Gable. I wanted to watch him, uh, you know. I, all you hear about is Gable Steve. I don't watch a lot of wrestling, like uh, amateur wrestling, that kind of thing, uh, or pro wrestling. I try to watch amateur wrestling, but then Big Ten Network was like, "Yeah, you know, you can watch this season for 150 bucks," <laughs> and I was like, "I don't want to watch that bad." So. No, no, I wouldn't do that. Basketball is less anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, so I turned it on, and yeah, DC, like you, there is definitely that passion there, and 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 he does make it more exciting than I think it normally would be. But God. He's like trying to pull, make angles with the WWF and WrestleMania and stuff. It's like, dude, like let Gable have his match, man. He's gonna take him out at WrestleMania. No, but it's stupid. Like, just why you got to get involved? Well, that was the only part of it that you watched. I know he that was, was great annoying. on everything. Else, I'm sure though. he was, that, and and honestly, he was fine except for pretty much that. <laughs> and he does tend to make too much about himself instead of just the athletes. He does. I like that. It's personality. No, 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 but I, I, it's it's okay if he's you know making exciting, but it's like it's like all these like it's like stories about me and how I'm gonna get to WrestleMania and that kind of thing. It's it's all this stuff. It's it's kind of a similar thing. I, I wish he would be a little less like that and just lean on his experience and just talk would, about. Them. I would like him less then. I don't. That's know. that's what draws me to him. I don't know. Maybe I just don't get it. I don't think you do. Probably not. I'm a square. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back back to UFC though. Uh, Arnold Allen obviously won that phenomenal fight uh, with with uh, with Dan Hooker. I've been big on Arnold Allen for a little while, watching him come up as a prospect. I feel like he's been kind of way too far under the radar for way too long, and now he definitely isn't. Not uh, after tonight. No, 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 no. I, I think finally it's about it's about damn time. I mean, one of his one of his like four most four or five most recent fights was against Gilbert Melendez. Like it feels like Gilbert's been gone a much longer than he really has, but he needed better opponents they weren't giving him people I mean, he, I mean obviously he's shown he could beat really top talents so i would like to see what you think how close he is to a title shot well i'll be in the arena april 9th i would love if they took zombie and, and said no you're not getting it arnold allen is getting it now i'd be much more excited about that fight then that and i happen. think that's what should happen i think that'd be a better fight i doubt they would take someone who's international and put him in there they'd probably find somebody more local if they had to, I, 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 whatever they got to do, that's what I would do to please me, the ticket buying fan. It is all about you. It is mm-hmm. because Volkanovski is going to chew up and spit out the zombie. If there's one thing that the UFC so, cares about, it's the ticket buying fan. Yes. No. Yes. No. That's what I think. But since that's not going to happen, no, no, no. But but seriously, like, how close do you think he is to a touch? Do you think he needs one more win uh, or he, what? What do you think? He wants Cater, so if he beats Cater, yeah, give it okay. to him. He's next. Mm-hmm. Unless Max Holloway's in the conversation by then, which he always is somehow. So yeah, yeah, it's true. I, it's hard. It, look, if if Max Holloway gets the next title shot after that weekend, it's it's really hard to argue it because the guy has been so phenomenal. And and what's he gonna like? What is it if Calvin Cater beats Arnold Allen? Is Calvin Cater gonna get the title shot before Max Holloway? The only thing that you gotta <laughs> hope for in this situation is is the belt to come off Volkanovski because he just doesn't. Sure, fight that's that's the so, thing that won't. Well, I mean, the only thing that makes it easier for Max Holloway and anybody else is the fact that Volkanovski may not have the belt. If he loses, then it opens everything up for, for a lot of people. It, it opens, uh, well, it doesn't really open a path, I guess, for Brian Ortega. He's, he's kind of stonewalled. But, um, you know, I, th- I do think there are a bunch of interesting opponents out there. Oh, you know, Arnold Allen versus Brian Ortega would be interesting, too. That could be interesting. I think that'd be very interesting. It's not exactly a number one contender's bout, but if Arnold was to beat, Arnold Allen was to beat, Brian Ortega, I think that would definitely position him as as a very strong contender. Yeah, I mean, the fight I want for T-City is, is Bryce Mitchell, even though the ranking-wise, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make that's a lot of sense. Styles, that's the fight I want, though. They have some interesting personality, too. That would be a very strange build-up to that fight. Um, before we get into our contested rounds, we don't have very many. There was only 12 rounds scored at all, because we had so many yeah. finishes. Uh, and so many first round finishes. Uh, 
what do you think, uh, just your opinion of him as a fighter, as whatever, uh, the, the package that is the baddie, Pabby Pimley? What do you think? I love Cousin Oliver. Patty to Batty is he's the next Diego Sanchez, I think. I don't like the comp- comparisons to Connor. I think he's more of a Diego. He's well-rounded, fun. He may go on a streak or two to get near title contention. Seems like his chin is going to get touched a lot, just like Diego's does. Um, let's see if he has the same type of chin that Diego did. Uh, not sure. I think if he fights the Poirier now, he, he's going to likely lose. And no way the UFC is going to make that fight happen. It's a bad long-term business thing. But I love Patty to Batty. And he's going to be exciting. I think he gets the O'Malley treatment for booking uh, going forward. What do you think uh, Patty Pimlet would be like as a fighter if he would hook up, hook up with uh, Diego's former coach, uh, Josh Fabian? I think he would make fun of Josh. I think he would, a too. Lot. I think he would see through the BS, right? Yeah. Uh, no, just the Diego Sanchez thing. So, yeah, I don't... I like what Patty Pimlet brings into the cage. I like that kind of thing. I'm not really about the outside the cage stuff. It kind of is grating to me. What's that mean? It's uh, grating, like kind of annoying. Like a cheese grater? Yeah. Oh no, I love, I love that. That, that's what it is. That's what it's all about for me. If he I was just. I don't some mind guy. the confidence and the cockiness. Is I don't know. Sometimes he just says some stuff that's like, man, you kind of sound like a like like an a hole. Him and Meatball Molly, a match. I like made Meatball in Molly. No, I like Meatball Molly. And they're the same person. No, they're not. She just doesn't have the platform yet. No, no, no. They're they're different people. I I don't know. They're very. They obviously get along very well. They they were buddies all throughout the night. But yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a Patty guy. Uh, I do appreciate the excitement that he brings into the cage. I'm. I don't see him having a a, a ceiling that gets even very close to a title. I think maybe you know somewhere in the lower part of the rankings he might be able to get to. I don't know. A part of me kind of thinks there's there might be some sort of like Mike Perry quality there as far as the actual fighting talent. Where he might go on a little bit of a run and then finally run into to a wall. Well, we saw he gets touched a lot. If he sharpens that striking defense up, I think he's going to be really good. He's going to have to do that, though. Let's as, as long as he Let's strikes say. up, he doesn't get hit. But he gets hit, it seems. Yeah, that's that's obviously. But it's also, problem. he's got he's a, a great grappler, which... That's, you know, when, no, certainly, that when, helps a lot. When we first started watching the sport, the UK did not have many great grapplers. So that's a very kind of new part of... UK fighters. Well, it's it's mixed martial it's like, arts. They're mixing of the martial arts. It's it used to not be that way. Yeah, it's different times, my friend. So he's gonna, we, I think, we're OGs technically in the sport to some degree now. I think not really, but you know, <laughs> watch the UFC is gonna keep him safe for a while. Until eventually they can't do that anymore. I do think they are protecting him so, to, to a high degree. I mean, there was like that. Uh, well, who was trying to fight him earlier this year? Taporia was trying to fight him. No, 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 no. Before that, I have no idea. Was Jared Gordon? Wasn't that the whole? Wasn't he? Wasn't linked to Jared Gordon? Well, anyway, he was linked to. I'm. I'm almost positive it was Jared Gordon, and it was kind of like Jared had been pushing for this fight, didn't get it. Yeah, it was, it was Jared Gordon, and it it seemed pretty clear to me that it was like, yeah, they probably think Jared Gordon's way too much of a step up. No, yeah, he's gonna come along slow, and mm-hmm. hope, hopefully, he fights often. So more guys like Kazula Vargas and, and people who are kind of like fringe on the UFC roster. Kazula cracked him though. He did. He did. There's a bunch of guys who can crack him. So he's going to need a lot of time. Uh, I think at least O'Malley, like they brought him along slow, but he's he's actually pretty good. And honestly, some of the fights he had earlier on were, were pretty tough fights. Like uh, Andre Sukumtot's actually a pretty solid fighter. He just retired, I'm pretty sure. But he's one of those guys That's, who even, he, even as a fringe UFC guy, like he was. He should have won that fight. There's a bunch of fights that Andre Sukumtot should have won. He just, he got a really, I mean, you know, close fights is what I'm really talking about. I'm not saying he was screwed, but. Make him stand up. He was talented. <laughs> Make Sean O'Malley stand up, uh, yeah, and ter- you win. Look, terrible fight IQ in that fight. Absolutely, hundred oh. percent. Um, hey, let's get to contested rounds, man. Um, actually, really quick before we do, I just want to shout out the fact that we actually did get uh, a bunch of international judges for the first time. Yes, in a long time in the UFC. I mean, it was probably ever since I guess UFC Abu Dhabi, right? Yeah. You know, we saw a bunch of names that, uh, you know, I think you and I obviously, of course, know. Maybe some of our listeners are very familiar with, but some names we hadn't seen in a while. You know, Ben Cartledge, um, David Leatherby, Paul Sutherland, Mark Collette. Clemens Werner. Clemens Werner. And, uh, and there's another one. Anders Olsen. I didn't recognize. Ahmed Korchi. I didn't I didn't recognize that one. He's done a little bit in Abu Dhabi. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember his name from one of the last times they were there. Um, so, yeah, he he's not. He's, I guess he, you could say he's probably newer to the UFC, but yeah, he, we, we've talked to him about him on the show as well. 
Horrible judge. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, he, he acquitted himself just fine. I don't think he, I'm not even sure how many rounds he had to turn in, to be perfectly honest. And there was only 12 total. total uh, you know, so. I meant to check this before we did our show, but I wonder how many judges actually, if any of the judges even didn't need to turn in rounds. They just kind of showed up, watched the fights for free, and got paid to do it. I'm kind of curious now. Uh, yeah, I mean, but but nonetheless, this was a really fantastic opportunity for, you know, international judges to get back into the UFC groove. So that it's really nice to see that. I, I like to see that because we, we obviously we see the same names in North America and that's fine. But, you know, just it's a different type of thing when you actually get some international judges in the mix. Um, Yeah, Paul Sutherland. Let's see. It looks like just about everybody turned in at least one round maybe Ahmed Korchi did not no he did too yeah looks like just about everybody did uh Vito Palillo too another another uh yep. judge who we saw over over at uh Fight Island too so yeah yeah really really interesting to see that they again nobody got to do too many rounds but it is what it is uh let's move on to contested rounds though Dan mm-hmm. we're going to start with of course the, the really the only fight that I think caused any waves and it did cause quite a few waves not because in the wrong woman won here at least Reed, i think pretty much most people agree uh was a, a, quite a deserving winner if nothing else uh over Corey mckenna uh went down as a split decision 229 28s for reed uh who fights out of jersey she's got a gym uh in kind of in the princeton area princeton Dan. yeah i think it's technically montgomery a buddy of mine used to live in montgomery nice town um but the 3027 went the other way entirely for McKenna, and that scorecard came from Derek Cleary, uh, the only North America-based judge who flew out there for this one. Obviously, one of the, you know, I, I would always put him in my, my top four mm-hmm. uh, North American judges. Mm-hmm. You know, if he if he's in that kind of rotating group of four uh, in a title fight, like, I, I feel like I feel like you're in great shape getting a, a strong scoring there. But this one, yeah, it definitely raised a bunch of eyebrows, so we're going to have to talk about rounds one and two where he... Um, was the dissenting judge from Anders Olsen and Clemens Werner. So, Dan, what happens in round one? Yeah, round one, for the first three minutes, it's really not even close. Uh, Reed is landing leg kicks in the right hand pretty much every time she throws it, even if she's not throwing it all that often. But she's throwing it enough. Everything McKenna's throwing is missing. She's catching a lot of air. She's coming up short on a lot of punches. Uh, She does land a punch to the shoulder, which is the best thing she lands so far. But, you know, punch to the shoulder doesn't really count that much. But... Then they get you in- could blow out a shoulder, sir. How <laughs> dare you? It was more like an armpit shot. I, mean, they, I don't know. But then she gets herself into some firefights. I think, you know, this is probably, even at best, slight edge to read. Uh, the reason this round's close and th- why things get shaky is because McKenna gets a big takedown into side control. And it's decently impactful takedown. On top, she's landed some good ground and pound. A nice elbow she landed. I mean, definitely her best offense of the round. Gets back to the feet with about 30 seconds left, and, and Reed lands a right hand a couple times, and finally McKenna lands a decent unanswered punch, the first one of the, the round. It's close because of the groundwork, but I think Reed wins because of what she did on the feet. I mean, it's a score that can be defended if you went for McKenna. I just think there's a better score uh, for Reed. Well, you know what? I can defend it. I went for McKenna here, sir. Okay. I, I It's a very close round. I think this is a perfectly defensible round either way. I, I totally see the argument for Elise Reed. I was actually a little surprised when, you know, because I didn't get to watch this fight live, when there was all this uproar about this score. And I'm like, well, what? Is, is something wrong here? Like, what? Like, I don't know. You know, what happened in these rounds? Is, is round one a round that people are going crazy about? Is it round two? Uh, and then, you know, I come to find later that, yeah, a lot of people were talking about, and even on the broadcast, they were saying how round one was, was reasonably close. And then they always change their narrative. They kind of forget about how close it was at some point. Um, and it was like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. Like, well, you, a few minutes ago, you were just saying that round one was close. Um, I think that McKenna actually was landing a little better. on the, At least this is how I saw it. I thought she was landing a little better standing uh, than than you did. Maybe it was just the way things were looking to me on TV. Uh, hey, I, I don't think she landed at all. I thought she was landing a little bit here. There was there was some times where she kind of really backed her up and seemed like needed to go to reset and that kind of thing. That's what it looked like to me. Maybe I maybe I wasn't paying as good attention as I should have. I don't know. But um, on the ground, yeah, I, I think she's landed some decent strikes down here, and I think that definitely helps put her over the top uh, for me. But a very very close round. I I think it's entirely defensible. I think I think it's a defendable score. I just don't think it's that close. All right. Well, 
that's that's where I sit, sir. All right. Yeah, I'm okay with I'm okay with uh, standing in Derek Cleary's corner here. Right. Actually, I, I'll uh, and and really what that means is that I actually would end up giving this a uh, two rounds at the very least for Corey McKenna and seeing her as the winner. But again, I, I see it as kind of like a very close round, round one. It comes down to round two then as well. Uh, this is, I think, where it gets a, maybe a little bit more problematic. So what, what do you what happens in this round? Yeah, I think there's a pretty clear difference in the impact of these strikes. McKenna's clearly throwing more strikes. There's no doubt about that. But she is missing almost all of them. Uh, she's hitting the glove. She's hitting air. Uh, the ones that land just don't have really much behind it. When Reed lands, she's landing two and three at a time, and it's stopping McKenna in her tracks. Even if it's a brief stoppage, the return strikes are delayed a bit. I mean, there's a moment Reese stumbles backwards, but I see it as a clear slip. Perhaps Derek Cleary had a bad angle. Thought it was a strike that caused it. I don't know. I wasn't in the chair. It's a totally different perspective. But from my perspective at home, I think Reed won the round. 10-9. Yeah, I thought this looked like a pretty solid Reed round. Maybe not like the the craziest to go the other way, but I, I think it's a pretty clear... I, I would say I think it's a clear round for Reed. That's that's how it looked like to me. Um, And it's not a pun on Derek Cleary's name. It's just, it's just <laughs> what I said. Uh, I, I have a harder time defending this score. Um, Other than the fact, you know, once again, there are a lot of things that come into play when you are sitting cage side as opposed to watching on television. And hey, maybe I dropped the ball in the first round too, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, that's entirely possible. I just, I, I, I'm really struggling to kind of come up with ways to say, okay, why is it that you give this round to Corey McKenna? I think it's a solid, at least read round, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I I wish I wish we could know kind of what you know the the reasoning was potentially from from Judge Cleary, but this is what we have, and and you know at the very least, uh, and, and you know Sean Sheehan brought this up too, like the right woman won, you know, yeah. for a lot of people at least. I actually had it the other way, but you know what? That's fine. Yeah, I have no problem with going the other way whatsoever. And Judge Cleary, I mean, he's still one of the best. It doesn't matter. Like this is. This is obviously not the strongest round that I think I've ever seen Derek, Derek Cleary judge in or um, turn in, but you know I still have the same confidence in the man. Yep, and he was the only uh, really dissenting judge that went the other way on a fighter. That's true. That's true. The rest of the way, we're only the only other two rounds we have out of twelve. Again, were uh, ten, eight, nine uh, situations. Starting with, we'll, we'll start with Molly McCann, uh, the meatball, getting the third round win over Luana Carolina. Uh, with that amazing spinning back elbow. Yes, that was it. Which was like in the middle of like them talking about, oh, she's starting to slow down. There was two video game knockouts. Yeah. That and Jai Herbert getting knocked out. That was crazy too. And they did the same thing. They were also talking about him <laughs> losing momentum all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or not losing momentum, but he was obviously he was behind. He lost the first round of that fight. But McCann, we're talking about round one here uh, as the potential eight. Uh, why is that, sir? Yeah, I, no. as we said, no question, she's the winner of this round, just to what degree. She lands a big shot early that hurts Carolina, backs her against the fence, and she swarms, and she is just throwing with reckless abandon. But Carolina, she's covering up well. She's avoiding fight-ending blows that if weren't blocked, you know, fight's over. Uh, a lot of energy wasted from McCann, if you ask me. Carolina wins. didn't ask you. Ex- more Bispingisms. All right. Yeah, if I'm honest. If I'm honest, <laughs> Carolina lands. Kind of blagged your way through yeah. that. Like you told me last week. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina lands some kicks. You know, a couple stiff punches of her own in the round. Uh, McCann lands another solid shot towards the end that causes Carolina to back up again against the fence, cover up. Molly lands some solid shots here to the head and the body. I just don't think. I just think the D is the only one we can check off definitively. Which D? Damage. Right. Uh, I just don't think it's high enough to get to the 8 on its own. I think if it had another solid D with it, we go 10-8 all day. But I'm totally fine for someone going 8 in a round like this because it's one-sided, and that's how I think it kind of should be. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I think really a round like this ought to be able to be an 8. But I think the fact that it's the minority score, I, I think, does speak to the fact that this probably isn't the ideal way that judges tend to score 8s and 9s. Maybe I'm wrong there because... You know, look, Clemens Werner is one of the best judges in the world. Um, ben Cartledge is one of the best judges in the world. He only only went the nine here. Um, it was Werner who did the eight, along with uh, Ahmed Korchi had a an eight. Or excuse me, he had a nine. My mistake. Um, I, I do think 
probably the nine is really the way to go here. But yeah, like like you're saying, the, I I always have my problems with scoring almost always come down to wording in the criteria mm. and and what's included in the criteria. I just I, I find faults in the in the tools that are at judge's disposal most of all. Uh, I think the humans do a good job with a, a faulty tool, which having worked on a Pinewood Derby car lately with a bunch of <laughs> rusty saws and things from my neighbor, who was very nice in letting me uh, use them, uh, it just wasn't getting the job done. And, you know, sometimes the criteria doesn't really let judges get the job done either. Um, so I took it to, you know, my neighbor and he cut it for me in like two seconds <laughs> with, with a giant, giant saw. That was much better. Um, that's kind of like, you know, getting a first round knockout. Yeah, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep to keep these totally. analogies going. Um, but yes, yeah, so I I think the nine is probably the better score here. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to go crazy on uh, Judge Burner. Yeah, because I because I I want this to be an eight. Yeah, so. exactly. And it didn't matter because Molly took it out of everybody's hands with the with the spinning Ooh, elbow. Yeah, that was sick. That was wild. Uh, and and then all of a sudden she had like a belt in her hand. Someone apparently from the crowd threw a belt. In I was there, yeah. like, what the heck? And all of a sudden, she just like tossed it to somebody. It was very strange, <laughs> very weird sequence. I don't know. Uh, felt pretty, felt very British. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe I'm just picturing Benny Hill. Oh. <laughs> and the only reason I'm picturing that is because I watched V for Vendetta last night, and they used the Benny Hill music at one uh-huh. point in it. Um, the other fight, though, and the last fight we're going to talk about here is uh, earlier on the prelims. Jack Shore, uh, who got a uh, unanimous decision victory over Tumor Valiev. Two 29-28s and one 29-27. So it's the third round, which was the deciding round, because uh, Valiev had won the first, Shore won the second, and then Shore really won the third. But did he win it enough to get the eight, Dan? Let's talk about this. Solid round for him. Dropped him early in, in swarms. Land some good shots while they're in the turtle against the fence. But before that, Valiev landed a couple decent shots, a nice combo and a leg kick. Then Shore seems to recoup his energy, just chills out when they get back to the feet. Valiev's trying to land anything, and the light kicks are, the, the, you know, the strikes that are actually landing. Uh, Shore decides to shoot, leaves his neck out, and gets wrapped up in a pretty solid guillotine attack. Um, he's escaping, albeit to the wrong side, but he's trying to escape. Uh, look tight at a couple moments. I don't know if the judges would have had that view on their screen that we saw of Shore's face or not. I mean, if they had... Is the it screen, the, bro- is it the they, broadcast? It's the same it's one. The same I, one? I, okay. My understanding is it's the same one. I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what it is, but okay. they just don't have any overlays. So it, it, there's no you know heads-up display that says like, right, time right. or anything like that. Gotcha. They're not going to see the significant strike numbers and that kind okay, of thing. Good. So, right, yeah, good. it's just the arena feed. Okay, so I mean, eventually he does escape. He gets on top, lands a couple strikes. Uh, once back on the feet, uh, they continue a decently competitive stand-up battle until Shore drops him again. I thought this was a worse dropping than, than the first one. Because mm-hmm. he's kind of like paralyzed for a minute, just like stuck in time. A lot of droppings. Like, uh, and then Shore really doesn't capitalize fast enough. Like he he could have probably got him out of there if he if he was quicker, but he wasn't. Um, I think in this round, as as opposed to the round we just talked about, you could get to the eight on damage alone. But with the offense value of had, I think he earned himself the nine. Okay. Yeah, I, I ended up going for the nine, and I do think that. There are ways that we could probably say, hey, maybe this ought to be an eight, too. I would be happy if this was an eight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, look, Vito Palillo says it's an eight. Yeah. He's a solid judge, you know? I know. It's but, not that crazy. But the thing is, we all don't read the criteria this time. I know, I know. That's, that's, well, that's the tough thing about the criteria. Um, I, I, I'm with the nine, too. I think that is probably the better of the two scores uh, just by the norms and the way things are done. Uh, so you and I ended up siding with uh, judges Mark Collette and David Leatherby. Hmm. And that's it, guys. I mean, we we had two weeks ago, we had 11 rounds to do. This time we only had four. This is nice. Well, I mean, it allows us me to, it allows me to talk make this more of a Cub Scouts uh, podcast, yeah. which is ideal. Yeah, the, the nine finishes <laughs> helped. We're we're going to subtly change this to a Cub Scouts uh, podcast. <laughs> but honestly, the only thing I really want to talk about from that is Pinewood Derby. So once that's over, like whatever. My kids <laughs> having a good time either way, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not a big camper though. Um, yeah, nine finishes, man. A lot of finishes. Five subs, four TKOs, seven ended in the first seven ended in the first round, Dan. Yeah, that's wild. It's a judge's dream, I think. I mean, I would think judges probably want to show up and not do anything because when I go to work, (laughs) I also want to do nothing, but ends up having to do a bunch anyway. Except they got a cool job where they get to watch fights cage side. So part of my job is watching fights too. It's just a lot of my job is not. You know, there's that. 
I did get to go out to uh, Longo and Weidman MMA earlier this week. That yeah. was cool for work. That sounds fun. Talked to Al Jermaine Al- Al- Sterling. Got a story okay. coming in a couple weeks for the post. Nice. So that's that's a fun thing. You know, I, I want something to do for that. You know, it's just nice to have a break sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but what was your favorite of the of all these finishes, Dan? Um. Well, this it got hard to pick one, but kind of did. This was my favorite because Paul Craig was taking an absolute beating. I thought he got knocked out at one point. And yeah. He and then <laughs> he looked he looked terrible after like five seconds. He took that foot to the face. And and then ground and pound was brutal from Nikita Krylov. And then all of a sudden got a little sloppy, overconfident, and bam, Paul Craig snatches up the triangle. Gets the tap. Never allow Paul Craig the chance to get you in a submission because he's just going to take it. If it's there, he's probably got it. Why? It's like he, already too late. Like, this guy is making it a point to try to beat him at his own game. <laughs> just make him stand back up. He's hurt. I really want to see how far Paul Craig can go. I know I know a lot of this, I don't want to say fluky, but like there are fights where he wins like this. Like, this, is, this isn't the first time we've seen Paul Craig kind of, Paul Craig get his, like, you know, his butt kicked. And then just find a way to get the sub anyway, because he's that damn good down there. I don't remember the Ankalaya fight. How was that going? Was that going bad for him before he? he got... uh, Ankalaya was gonna win. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was gonna win. <laughs> That's another another one. I mean, granted, you know, it wasn't exactly the same way when he fought like uh, uh, Jamal Hill last year. Or Shogun. Or well, Shogun. They had a couple fights, right? Yeah. That well, that actually was the second. Fight. It was. They had a draw yeah. the first time. Yeah, that was a while back mm-hmm. though. But yes, yeah, so, I mean that was fantastic. That any any Paul Paul Craig always delivers. Like I hope this guy never goes away. Yeah, he's fine. and he's a scut, so it makes me happy because I I would think <laughs> that if my grandmother was alive and actually cared uh, about UFC, which I'm not sure she would, and if she was alive, she'd be 102. But uh, I I would think she would really like Paul Craig. Hmm. Yeah, he's a good guy because she's from Scotland. What was your favorite? My favorite was Arnold Allen. I mean, anytime you get me around like that, I'm going to get super hyped and and just the ending is always fun. But like they were just going to town on each other, especially Alan uh, off the start. Like it, it, you couldn't believe that they weren't slowing down that that combo from Alan, that 140 punch combo. He started throwing with no break in between is impossible in video games because he'd run out of energy. Yeah, well, yeah, in the UFC game. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's and it's and the timing on it is is very hard in other fighting games. So like you could probably find like a way to get like a good juggle combo if you get them in the corner in like Mortal Kombat or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, Street Fighter, I think they typically don't allow you to get combos that long, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't play it every fighting game and I don't remember them as well. But no, those, those are my two mainstays. E Honda. Breaking the car up. Yeah, but you know, E Honda the 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 Sandra hand slap, it doesn't really go crazy. Like it's not it's not high damage. It's just a bunch of you know repeated damage, and you can block that. You can block okay. that pretty easily. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I play more Street Fighter than you. Okay. But not more than a uh, than a certain judge who has been on our show before, <laughs> who who actually judged uh, at this event. Yeah. Ben Cartledge. Uh. Yeah. He would he would definitely whoop my butt in Street Fighter. But... I actually think Bisping's a big Street Fighter too fanatic. He is. Yes. Because so... I you know like I had him on uh my Q and A that I do for the. For the post now, the post fight interview, eh? like that. <laughs> um, I had him on for that, and yeah, he said that Street Fighter was his thing. He also went on a rant about how much he doesn't like modern video games and all the menus and all that <laughs> stuff because his kids have them, and like he's not about that life, mm. like whatsoever. <laughs> Just player one, start. Let's go. By the way, I know, I know you're a big Dawkins guy. I talked to Chris Dawkins yeah. the other day, and another I asked him favorite video game too. He said, "Well, I'll tell you, my not favorite video game right now is Elden Ring because I suck at it." Elden Ring, I never even heard of it. Oh, that's the one everybody's playing right now. It's a new one. What kind of game is it? Uh, it's like an open world kind of like Skyrim? go around. And it's, no, 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 no. It's it's. You ever heard of like Dark Souls or Bloodborne? Nope. All right, this is put it this way. You're not gonna like it. Okay. All right. So stay away. Fair enough. Stay away from Elden Ring. <laughs> I, it's not up your alley. That is it, though, for London. I think we move on from London now and just kind of look ahead to next week, which is the last uh, UFC that we have until like a, just one week break. There's none. There's none in uh, in the first week of one week weekend break. of April, which will be nice. We'll have to mm-hmm. we'll, for that one. I guess we'll have to do a uh, a past judgment. It's been a while. We'll do something. We'll do something. We'll figure it out. Um, this is in Columbus, though. They're they're taking the fight nights on the road again. Back on the road. Yeah. I was talking with someone from the UFC press team, and uh, you know, Santa. It's like it's like old times again. It's like, yeah, it's exciting. It's a little more work, but it's it's definitely feels good. So, um, it, we got Curtis Blades and Chris Dawkins. 
The reason why I was talking to Mr. Dawkins for this mm-hmm. fight, headlining in Columbus, Ohio. What do you think of this fight? I know uh, you like Dawkins's, but like, what do you think of I the matchup? Like, I like Dawkins. I like that he's getting this high of a matchup coming off a loss to Derek Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he was surprised he got another main event so, this quick. He really was. So they must like him. Um, he's a finisher. I think he can get this one done early. TKL round one, Chris Dawkins. It's a good question. Um, Curtis Blades is tough, and, and you know he likes to test his striking now, but he also he's got that trump card wrestling. Does Dawk- have great wrestling. Dawkins has, you know, he's got some ground chops. He hasn't really showed off. You know, he's got he's a, a BJJ black, black belt. Yeah, we, we haven't really got to see it as much. So, you know, you, you don't know until you see it. Uh, but I'm interested to see what can happen here. I think if Chris Dawkins can can weather any sort of wrestling-related storms, he probably, you know, would be interesting to see what he can do later. But I do think you're right. I think he's probably going to be able to find a finish in round one. I'm going to say round two, just, just to change it up from you. Okay. So that's I'm going to say TKO uh, Chris Dawkins win over Curtis Blades. But honestly, that's a tough one. I, I, I'm not sure I feel supremely confident in it. It's just a very tough matchup. I'm not confident in it, but that, I can't pick against it. So I understand. I understand. And and we're in Ohio. I'm not really sure what judges tend to get. It's been a while. I think it's been like five, six years since they've been to Ohio. Um, in funny any, story. In any capacity. Uh, what? Ohio was a... Has uh, the word high in it. That is kind of funny. Yeah. The, was one of the... When I, like UFC 78 was the first one I went to. Okay. And then I think Rich Franklin was going to fight at one in Ohio, like 82 maybe, 80, 80, something like that. Sure. And I was like, me and my cousin, we we're going to take a road trip out to Ohio just to watch it. Mm-hmm. Never happened, but Ohio is one of the states that I was willing to go to to watch okay. MMA. That was a cool story. Yeah. Can you tell it again? Yeah, so- no, please don't. I first started watching. No. Stop it. Stop it. We have listeners. Uh, yeah, so I'm not really sure who's going to be judging, but I I would think, it, you know, probably there's a couple of judges who are kind of based out of the Midwest. Uh, you know, maybe they would be some of the ones that would get the call. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, Sal D'Amato isn't, isn't far from there. I know Rick Winter's not far from there. Um, I know a lot of judges will pretty much go anywhere in the country, too. So who knows? I, I would think they'll probably get some pretty solid judges out there. Maybe maybe Derek Cleary will come, you know, all the way back there after... Uh, after yeah. being in London, I don't know. Why not? I'm sure it'll be strong. I am not too worried. And if there's any local judges, you know, I'd be curious to see if they you know, bring anybody in. Or, you know, there's some other judges, too, that we just haven't seen uh, in recent years because they, I guess they just typically don't work in a lot of these uh, states that the UFC has been to. So I'm curious to see if there will be any names that we just haven't seen for a while. It's possible. Mm-hmm. What other fights interest you about this card? Uh, Asker Askarov and Kai Kara France. That should be a pretty interesting fight. Very interested in that one. That that could produce a potential number one contender. Yeah, well, if Askarov wins, I think for sure it is. Yeah, but, you know, Kara France has, has some momentum. If he wins exciting, it could also do the same. Yeah, I think Askarov by sub. Okay. I would uh, I would say Askarov decision. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a good decision. Uh, I also like another flyweight fight on this card, uh, Mateos Nicolau and David Dvorak. Yeah, that should be fun, too. Nicolau, you know... Some people thought maybe he shouldn't have gotten the decision, and I think it was his most recent fight. Um, close fight. I just remember it being like that. And he's a talented guy. Uh, David Dvorak has also been uh, doing very well lately. So I'm, I'm, I think one of these two guys could even end up fighting for the title in the next, you know, let's say 18 months or so, depending awesome. on how active it is. Depending on how many times they want to run uh, Moreno and Figueredo back. Maybe they'll do it like seven or eight times, and it'll just be that division. Best of seven. Yeah, just do that. You know, a bunch of guys. Who needs who needs any other fights? I like no, no seriously, please, please do more. I want I want more variety, please. Um, you put this one down here, Dan. Well, we can do we can do the world f- uh, flyweight title, and then we can do the TV flyweight title. <laughs> Rob Van Dam. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, you, you put this other fight though down here, Dan. Uh, Matt Brown and Brian Barberine. I think it's just going to be two guys that just try to kill each other. And I, I think Brown... That sounds right. I think Brian Barberino always comes to fight. He's usually fun. Matt Brown... Matt Brown never comes very, to fight. He's very fun. He just never comes to fight. Yeah, he hates fighting. <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's terrible at scoring fights, though. Um, a lot of people are. A lot, but, of, fight, uh, a lot of fighters especially are. But I think Brown with a late TKO round three. I'm going to say Barbarina decision. All right. Yeah. Uh, did I? I don't even think we made a pick on Nikola Dvorak. I'm going to say Dvorak actually yeah, decision. I, yeah, I got Dvorak decision. No. Oh, well, I got Dvorak <laughs> by 
<laughs> Majority decision. Okay. That's just decision. It's so funny. You can bet on the type of decision that happens. It's wild. Well, I saw something recently that was, it wasn't for a UFC fight, but there was some sort of fight that somebody would bet on with DraftKings, and it went down as a split decision mm-hmm. win. And DraftKings, like in their final notice, was like, yeah, this is a, a tie, so you don't get your win. But a split decision win is not a tie. It's called a win. Right. That Yeah. The per- I saw that the person bet decision win, and then they said, no, you didn't specify split decision. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of like you're out. Yeah, it was BS. That's 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 weak. That's a bunch of uh, honestly, I'm not really a big better, but don't don't bet with uh, don't bet with DraftKings. I don't like that. <laughs> The other one I put down on here, Chris Gutierrez mm-hmm. against Danal Bakari. I'm very big on this one. Gutierrez always comes with those leg kicks. Bakari is, is a very exciting uh, bantamweight. I, I think this one could be fireworks. I think it's like an underrated potential. Like I don't know if it's going to be fight of the night. I don't even know if it's going to go that long. I think it could be, though. Yeah, I think Gutierrez is always in close fights. A lot of split decisions, draws. Well, he relies a lot on those leg kicks, which aren't necessarily... I mean, he's finished fights with leg kicks, but it's also not the most reliable way to finish a fight I mean, with leg ba- kicks. Ba- how do you say Bacharel? I believe it's Bakary. Bakary. I mean, he guy he just finishes. He's a, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I got in my decision. <laughs> All right. I will say Bakary first round TKO. All right. I'm going crazy here. And I, I don't even feel confident in that at all because I actually like Chris Gutierrez and I could see him winning a decision. But yeah, I'm going with what I'm going with. I don't, you know, I just throw things out there. I don't really think or care that much about my predictions, to be honest. You should never bet like me because it's, not, my, why yeah, I it's mean, not why I'm doing it. You the, want you want your betting advice? Go go to my guy here who's trying to get to 100 units this year. Yeah, I'm trying to win 100 units. Betting, how'd you, how'd you but, do, by the way, uh, with London? Uh, I didn't get to do research, but Spencer Kite always puts out his predictions, so I just round robined his main card. Okay, and every single one won. All right, so it was quite a quite a night. All right, quite a so night. So where are you at now? Uh, plus seventeen, six or what, eight, seven. How many fight nights are we into it? Eight. I'm not sure. There's like forty three total. I think we're on pace to get there. I don't know, man. We're almost a quarter of the way through the year. No, you got to get to twenty five. We're we're good. Well, listen, I I don't even. Although want... there are fewer events in the beginning of the year, I'll give you that. I can't. I can't. I don't want to bring it up, but uh, <laughs> she's dead to me, Maria Agapova. Oh yeah, that's right. She cost me fifty. So well, these things happen when you bet, sir. <laughs> but yeah, I guess. <laughs> but whatever. Please bet responsibly. And that's it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again on Monday to break down the UFC Columbus card. And we'll let you know how my kid did in the Pinewood Derby. Yes, I think he's going to win. And if if he doesn't win, he definitely wins the best looking car. If it looks like a chocolate bar, he's going to be happy and I'll be happy. Yes. And I'll be happy if there's some good fights on Saturday. But thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Have a great week. I thought you were going to say there'll be some good fights on Sunday at the Pinewood Derby. No, no, no. Hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening.